Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. I am so thrilled to have the incredible Lori Harder on the podcast today. Lori is someone who has been in my world, my zeitgeist, if you will, for the past, oh gosh, five or so years now. Um, I met Lori years ago through some mutual mastermind friends. I met her when she was actually in the throes of her book launch many years ago, got to support her throughout that, really started to learn about her and her husband, Chris's incredible mission their messages, how they show up in the world, and was honored to be on Lori's part podcast earlier this year to support my book. If you have heard of Lori Harder, then you probably know who she is. You have probably heard of her podcast, Earn Your Happy, which is an incredible podcast. And Lori's just an amazing human being. She has an amazing story to share. She's been around the block quite a few times. She knows this world of online coaching, online marketing, and has a lot to give. I'm really excited for today's episode and to finally have the incredible Lori Harder on. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hey, Lori. Hey. I'm so, so excited ex to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I had the honor to be on your podcast very recently and your community is incredible and amazing. It reminds me a lot of this community. I'm sure that we already have some cross-pollination. And I just gave the spill of who you are and, and everything that you do. But I want to just dive in. I want to know, what does influence mean to you? Oh, man, right to it. <laughs> what does influence mean to me? Um, you know what? What first came up was to be so clear on who you are and have such a powerful stance and be so aligned with who you are that you show up that way. Um, and you're able to help other people get clear on who they are because your the energy that you walk into a room with is the most certain person. And I think sometimes when I get to experience that with people, it just reminds me to do the work and to get clear, to be that person that walks around and is an influence without even trying because they're so them and so in alignment and so certain that I think that that carries an energy that rubs off on you. Mm. I, I would love to dive deeper into that idea of alignment. I mean, I, I know just from your work and, you know, so much of what you've done, you, you've, you've coached, you have a podcast, you've written books, like you, you've done all the things that so many people say that they want to do, especially in this personal branding and online space. But I know that that idea of alignment and authenticity, and how do I know if I'm really showing up as my best self? And how do I know if I'm, you know, really giving my light to the world? What is your advice, your takeaway, your, your response to that. Cause I know that so many women struggle with that. And it, a lot of times it keeps us really hidden mm -hmm. from showing up and really doing the work that we are meant to do in this world. Oh man. I think the only way, you know, if you're in alignment is to know when you're out. <laughs> and I think that this, like, it's almost like 
chasing this elusive alignment. I don't think that alignment is what people think it is. It's kind of like the chiropractor. Like you think you go once and it's going to change your, you know, you're, you're now in alignment for the rest of your life. The thing about the chiropractor is I feel like the, I go once and the more I need to go. Cause now I'm like, so acutely aware that everything's out and I'm like, damn it. Okay. Well now I need to like go do this more often. And I think that's what alignment is. It's just like a constant check-in of, does this belief still work for me? Does this friend still work for me? Does this job still work for me? Um, and it goes deeper than that, right? Because I've had lots of moments where I'm like in my purpose and something's not feeling comfortable. And maybe it's the fact that it's getting harder or like, um, you know, a, a, a part of me that needs to show up more or be challenged more is, is like getting challenged. And sometimes I can say like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's in alignment anymore because it's hard. Or I have to, you know, bring a new part of me out or learn a new skill or let something go that I've been using as a crutch. And it's really easy to, I saw a whole wave of people do it. I did it. I was the queen of it where it was like, you know what, this is out of alignment. It's like, yeah, you know, you don't, you just don't want to show up to something that you've committed to in the past. So I think that alignment is a constant check-in of, are we honoring the, sometimes with alignment, you have to honor the past commitments and then move forward from there and know like, okay, I can't just burn everything down. Um, cause sometimes that's what we want to do. Like, oh, you know what? That's not an alignment for me. But if it was a past commitment, it is an alignment to honor commitments and then move forward knowing, Hey, let's take these new things we've learned about what doesn't feel good and what is real and what's not. And what, what is just like challenging me or forcing me to become someone else that I'm uncomfortable with and weigh it against this new idea, um, that I, I have about what alignment means to me. So that was a long way to say. I think we're always defining how to figure out what feels aligned to us. And it's challenge, it's, it's a challenge because it's challenging because it's really confronting. Alignment is super confronting because a lot of times your alignment has to do with something that you don't want to do. And I think that we think alignment should always feel good. And quite honestly, in my life, to feel really aligned, there's typically a very large challenge involved. Um, and it's going to challenge me on a daily basis. And that can feel um, that can feel extremely like confronting and uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, I know that when I have challenge weaved in that has to do with my purpose, I that is when I feel proud, content, fulfilled. I don't, you know, nitpick my husband. I don't compare on social media. It's like all of these other things feel good and solid. And I feel grounded when I have that challenge that I'm, you know, my higher self has to show up for. I know that if I'm like not in a place where my higher self is showing up, meaning like maybe a, um, you know, a part of me where I have to really dig in, or I have to really practice my faith, or I have to really practice these other things of patience, or um, trying to understand everybody's perspective in the room, and I'm being challenged by someone else's opinion or idea. Um, th- those are the moments where I get to actually become the person that I want to be are the days and weeks and months where I feel really good about my life. Mm, so much good stuff to unpack there. I, the, what just came up to me was this idea of 
when a challenge, a contrast starts to happen mm. and you know that you're getting triggered and it's like, you could react, you could like say something right now, but are you going to be in alignment? What are some of the tools that you use that you now have to kind of mm. check yourself and to be like, wait, does this feel aligned? Do I feel on? Do I feel off? Mm. Well, I just got one right before this. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's those moments that kind of like spike your, um, they, they spike your stress. They spike your anxiety. They, they can make you want to cry. It can make you feel really bad. It can make you feel like you're not smart enough. It can make you feel like someone's challenging you. Um, just those moments that don't feel good. Right. They just are like, Oh God, this person thinks I'm this, or this, what does this say about me? Or it's plentiful things. It's the feeling that feels off and it feels shitty. And for me, when I feel that way, I ha- I hold a new belief around those feelings. Where in the past, if I felt bad, it was, this is bad. Look for what's bad, right? It's a bad feeling. Let's focus in on why it's bad. Collect all the data of why that's bad. And that's the normal human reaction to a bad emotion. And I don't even want to label it bad. To an emotion that you don't like, right? That doesn't feel good. Um, and now my new belief in reaction to it, even though my first thought is this sucks so bad. I want to get out of it. Maybe I'll go online shop. Maybe I want to go cry. Maybe I'll just get up from this desk and whatever. Sometimes I need to do that. But most of the time, my new reaction is okay. Head first. Like I literally say those things to me, that this is the opportunity to go head first. There's something here for me. There's either a partial truth that I need to look at And, uh, or there's something here that is going to make me stronger, or there's something here that, um, you know, is trying to tell me something or is telling me that I need to go in a new direction. Like, what is it? So whenever that happens, I always say head first, I think about, um, you know, like I had this experience surfing, um, and it's funny because when I was very first learning, there was a, I wanted to go out past the whitewash. So I wanted to go out past the little waves, right? I thought I was ready for that. Cause I was like getting up on these little waves and I felt really good and confident. And so my surf instructor, um, is like, okay, I'm going to take you out to the, to the green. I believe they call it where you can see that partial green come up in the wave instead of just the whitewash. So it's a bigger wave. And so he's taking me out and he's kind of telling me a little bit about it. Um, you know, but not super preparing me because he didn't want to like scare me or over prepare because he's like, I just want you to not think about it. And so all of a sudden, this really big wave, the sets change and a really big wave is coming. And he looks at me and he's like, okay, you're not going to be able to paddle over this wave and you're not going to be able to ride it. So when I tell you to go head first, I need you to push down on your board and dive into this wave. And I'm like, holy shit. And what? And he's like, don't think, just go head first into it. And so I do it. And all of a sudden I pop out the other side of the wave. And he's like, okay, if you, if this happens again, you need to do that every single time head first, or what's going to happen is you're going to ragdoll it. It's going to take you under and it's going to flip you around and you can get like, it'll, you know, try to hit you on the bottom and it could crush, you know, like crush you down on the rocks if the wave is really big. Now, I wasn't surfing those type of waves, waves, but that's what will happen if I don't learn this experience now. And I thought, oh my God, how much does that have to do with life? 
that if you don't face those moments and those feelings head first, you're going to get tossed around. It's going to come back even bigger. You're never going to learn how to deal with it and you'll never ever be able to surf and you'll probably get hurt and it's going to like damage, it's going to end up damaging something. And it's just the truth. Like if we keep avoiding these emotions and we keep thinking that they're bad and they don't have signs for us, then it's going to keep repeating itself and it's going to rear its head in everything. It just will. It's going to, it's going to show up in your relationships. Your business is not going to last. Um, it's going to show up in your health. It's, it's avoidance. So Whenever I feel these emotions, I'm like, okay, let's go through all of the things because if not, it's going to come back and spank me. Like it's going to come and show up when I don't want it to. Um, so that's what I think about with just, um, you know, alignment and these emotions uh, that are showing themselves every single day, Julie, every day. Yeah. That's so good. I love that metaphor too, of, of your story with surfing. I think that's amazing and brilliant and true. And one of the things too, that I really recognize in you and in the work, cause I know we, we've met, we met several years ago and, you know, we've kind of been in, in each other's worlds through people and things like that for a while. And something that I've really recognized about you and your work over the years is that like you've, you've really honed in, at least it seems like to me that you keep the focus on yourself. And when you keep the focus on mm. yourself, you can stay in that alignment. You're not always looking out here for answers or reflections or validation or whatever that thing is. And I would love for you to be able to touch on that if if I'm with what I'm saying is true of, you know, the more that you really start to embody that alignment and really keep that focus on you, how has that shifted the way that you work, the way that you show up, the way that you coach, the way that you're able to hold space and support your community? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Um, because I feel like this is, if we could all figure this out, meaning I am still trying to figure this out that, I feel like that that's the sweet spot of life when you just are really in flow. And it's so, it's a challenge because our work, majority of the work that people may be listening are doing and in, in what you do and what I do requires us to be out in the world. And it's, it's hard to be out in the world and on social and creating without looking right at what's working and learning what's working and looking at other people's things and, and seeing what's going on. And and weighing like, is this something I should do? Does it not feel good because it's a challenge? This is always my question. Does it not feel good because I don't know how to do it and I don't have the team yet and I don't want to do that hard work? Or does it not feel good because it's not for me? I don't have the exact answer for that. That's literally, you know, I wish that I could say, here's exactly how you do it. But a lot of times I only learn looking back going, you know what, Julie, if I relaunched a book, I wouldn't do this, this, and that. So... <laughs> years because it didn't pay off and it didn't feel good. And I didn't know that until I tried it. And I think that that is, it's funny. I just asked Jenna Kutcher this yesterday and she has a, a, a book. You guys are, are like book twin babies, which you'll never forget the people who are launching books at the same time as you. Cause you're like, I see you sister. You're on the journey as me, same journey as me. Um, and I was talking to her about this and she's like, I, I asked her, do you, have you had to have a year of yes to know what didn't feel good for you? Because for me, that has been my experience. And she goes and throws off my whole, what I thought was going to come out of her mouth and says, no, 
And I'm like, oh my God, tell me more because I didn't know this. I thought that you had to say yes to everything in order to know what's not for you. And she was like, you know, I've done it opposite. So I want to bring this perspective because I think for some people listening, maybe you do have to have a year of yes to know what's interesting. For her, she said, I have, I get, I've said no to almost everything in my life because I say, um, what I do is I measure everything off of the core of who I want to be, which is, is this going to allow me to be the best mom? Is this going to allow me to be the most creative? And is this going to allow me? She had one more and I thought, holy shit, that's brilliant. (laughs) I, she, she says no to almost everything based on if this only allows her to be these things that are most important to her in her life. And then she said, the ideas come from that. And I've always had the theory in my life that has worked for me up until now, to be honest, that I won't know what I'm interested in until, until I try everything and look at everything. Um, so if you look back at my career compared to her career, it is very full and it, mine goes all over the place and it's a bit scattered where her, she kind of like goes very linear with things, but she's also a very strategic brain where I'm a very creative, want to try everything brain. So I just thought that that was a really interesting perspective of the two ways that you can get to the same place, depending on what you know, feels good for you where I'm like, I don't know if I could have done that in the beginning, like said no to everything, because I really do think I'm a person who understands life through a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I I feel you on that. I feel like that there are some people that it's, they're going to say no to everything and be like, okay, what felt good? And where did I miss the mark? Like Mm. what's missing? Mm-hmm. Whereas then you have the yes people that it's like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. What do I want to start to like poach off? Like if you think of it like a rose bush, like what are the, the, the dead roses or the smaller roses that I need to kind of deadhead? So the rose, so the bigger roses can grow bigger. And yes. I think that either way, I loved what you said about it, it always will get you to the same place because what is for you is for you. And so mm-hmm. you're, you are supported in that. But I do think that there are two different types of brains and styles and the ones that are going to be a little bit more linear are going to probably have that kind of more structured thought mm-hmm. process. And then ones that are super creative and all over the place, you need to embody it more and, and experience more and have the tangibles of t- touching and tasting and doing all of mm-hmm. that more. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. 
Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale, This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. But what what this also lends to is this idea of, you know, whether you say yes or whether you say no, I know that so many people deal with the resistance of just resisting anyways. Mm. Even if they're saying yes to something, they don't follow through, or they're saying no to everything because they're so afraid to test something out, that mm. both of that can kind of lead to a detriment because no matter what, what's happening in both of those instances is you're just staying in that neutral. And mm-hmm. so how, how do you, and how have you from your experience and what would be your, just your reflection for people listening on going ahead and just taking that next step, even if you can't control the outcome, even if you don't know the results, even if you can't, you know, and we were talking about this offline of, you know, you don't launch a book just because it's going to be a best-selling book. And if it's not going to be a best-selling book, you don't launch a book. Like for me, mm-hmm. maybe that's some people's strategy, but For me, I would want to launch a book for so many other reasons, you know, than just that. Mm -hmm. And so that's just one example of how do we, how do we kind of get out of our own way to say, I'm going to try this out and I may not have all the answers and it may not go exactly the way that I want it to my fantasy, but it is, it is going to get me closer to where I want to go. Man, I have been pondering this so much lately. Um, like really deeply pondering life about who's got it right. Does the person who just enjoys and goes after enjoyment and lives a, it doesn't really care about, you know, money or um, excelling their career or the big house or all the things. And, you know, what I've come to the conclusion of uh, is truly that those can be carrots you know, I, and I say, uh, we always say, Chris and I always say, don't judge the carrot. Like if you want the big house, it might be because it's, that's the thing that's helping you evolve into your highest self. Like it's pulling you there. And even if in, initially it's the big house or the car or whatever it is, you'll get the thing and realize it wasn't about the thing. It, it, you will eventually, most people will look back and get the wisdom of, oh, it was the journey and who I became in the journey. And I know that's, what the story that everybody hears all along, but I can tell you that whenever I've had a break, meaning like where I'm like, okay, I just did the thing. I launched the book. Now it's time to like give myself space and just enjoy life. There's never not been a time where I'm like, 
okay, I'm good. Like it's time to, it's time for my soul to try the next thing and see what we can become. And yes, I'm speaking in the third person now for some reason, but that's really how it feels. Sometimes your soul can, and like your, your future self is outside of you. And it's kind of like pulling you like, okay, there's more for you. And it's because this journey is meant to be a journey of learning. And I think sometimes when we, when we look at what makes a happy human, we forget to put in their like challenge, connection, new connections, more brain stimulation, more new experiences, because God didn't just put us here on the earth to be like, okay, stay in this corner. Don't learn about all of the plethora of other amazing miracles I have put out there. Don't learn about all of these incredible people that you're bumping into every single moment and not learning about. It's like there is immense wisdom and um, experiences and, and, and so much like, oh my gosh, I just went to Italy, like rich history that can get us excited about life and that can help us in enrich ourselves, our lives, our relationships. In turn, when we get all of that enrich, enrichment, what do we do innately as humans? We share it. We want to pay it forward. We want to make the next generation better. We want to make our friends better. Like we want to make people better. And I think that when we stop making ourselves better, our life gets very small because then we also feel like we don't have value for other people or a good conversation to give or have or offer. And I think the fastest way to make your life small is to stop learning and stop growing and stop experiencing. And what we do is, is when we do that, I know that I have done this as I start looking for like, what is, you know, what I can almost like stress about within that little tiny bubble, because as humans, we, we either want to be growing or we're stressing. It's just the truth. And sometimes the growth is stressful, but I'll tell you that it is a healthier, better stress than pulling in the things that you are literally giving up control on. I think that when you're growing, at least you are in control of where you're going instead of like surrendering, not, not really moving forward and letting everything else decide what you're going to do with your life. Oh, so, so good. And it's, I think that's such an important just piece to the puzzle that so many of us tend to miss or unsee because we're so focused on the thing and getting to mm -hmm. the next step. And, you know, if you're an achiever, if you're a type three Enneagram, like if you are performance-based, which I mean, what kind of entrepreneur isn't, you know, mm -hmm. what kind of entrepreneur isn't hyper- creative, hyper-focused, hyper-determined, hyper-relentless to go there and make what they want happen. And so it is this, this really interesting balance. And, and I think that it's even been changing over, over time and over the years, like since I've been in the online space and since I know you've been in the online space, that this softness I think is coming in and this more kind of reflective and retrospective um, nuance to things that is nice and it's, mm -hmm. and it's freeing and it's uplifting. Um, but I really loved what you said. And I think that's such a beautiful per perspective shift for so many people. And I would love to know what your thoughts also are around this idea of perfectionism mm -hmm. and, and the comparison. And is there a place for it? Like, is there a place that it actually helps us succeed or helps us kind of maybe see something in ourselves that we don't, that can allow us to pivot? 
Um, when, when can those things be gifts for us? And then when can those mm. things be detriments for, for, for us? Uh, Perfectionism, it's it's funny. I definitely experience comparison, but perfectionism, I don't have it as much, but my husband does. So I I get to know it really well. <laughs> and so I think perfectionism, um, like most things, is just a I think it is a achiever slash educated smart person's excuse, like really good excuse. Um I think it's like a, a chosen excuse by more uh, j- just people who are probably, you know, to the outer world, like already good at things and they're, you know, people perceive them as um, successful, most likely already. I feel like that's who I see as perfectionists or or um, it's people who are perceived as like they have their shit together. And I think it's just, and I really do feel like perfectionism, um, because I've had it in a couple things, like I can understand it a little bit, um, is is just an excuse to put everything on hold. Because truly, the thing about perfectionism, though, is that whenever there's perfectionism involved, there's no learning, because there's no actual learning, because the only way to really understand um, your idea and what you want to put out there and let it evolve to the place where it needs to go is to put it out done is better than perfect and get the feedback and then tweak it like without feedback is because I, I don't think ideas are ideas do not come to you in their full complete package at all. Ideas require outside feedback and opinions, and they require getting out into the world in order to understand what they fully are. And so without that, like perfectionism is actually just putting something on hold because it's it's not allowing the idea to become birthed into the place where it's supposed to be. It's, it'd be like holding a baby in forever and being like, I can't yet, I can't, I can't. I have no idea. I'm just not sure what this is gonna look like out in the world. So I'm gonna hold this thing in forever. Like that's what happens with an idea. Like an idea has to come out into the world in order for it to be, in the form of which it's supposed to be in. And that's supposed to be alive and out in existence. And I think the faster that we can get a good idea out there, the more that this idea is going to thrive and take shape. So for perfectionists, I hope that didn't totally ruffle your feathers, but also call you out. Like, let's get it out into the world because that's really where an idea can come into its like full beauty. So almost like allowing yourself to change your belief around it, around like, oh, what are people going to think? What if it sucks? Great. If people think it sucks, then let's work faster on a different idea or let's change it faster. Um, And we're so afraid of pain. Like I say that because I'm so afraid of pain, but that is, that is, oh my gosh, that is where it all is. That's where the, the pain has such, it, it has, the biggest gifts for us of everything. I could literally cry right now because there's just a couple things that are like very painful for me, not in a terrible way, but just in like a, oh, this pain is really showing me something that I already knew that I didn't want to look at. Um, But it's in the back of my head and it's driving me crazy anyway. So I need to look at it. I need to step into it. I need to confront it. And then I can actually take that pain and it's going to be able to go away. Like I'm, it's, I'm not going to have it anymore because I looked at it. 
Um, it's funny because our podcast just came out that we did and you had talked about bringing, you know, shame into the light. And it's the same thing with ideas, with perfectionism, with all of it, like put it out there, get the opinions, get the ideas, get the backlash, get whatever it is that people are going to do, because that is just, that is just feedback on, do you want to take that as like truth or not? Like what part of it is true and what part of it is not. And if none of it's true, great. You get to know it for sure. Um, I, I always think about like, you're, you're never clear on who you are until you have been judged, gossiped about, backstabbed. And the way that you look at those and react to those is either going to get you so clear on who you are, who you want to be and where you want to go and what you don't want to do anymore, or you're going to take it personal and you're going to not find the lesson in it and it's going to shrink you. And it's just that constant talking about alignment, that constant assessment of um, like the, the, the pain is what gets you clear. I feel like the pain and the judgment or whatever it is, you're like, that's not true. And I'm going to stand for this even more, or this is what I'm going to do. I don't know if you've ever had that happen where I'm like, okay, this is what this person thinks. You have your day or your hour or whatever that looks like. And you're like, even more clear on the other side. Like, okay, I, I was either wrong or I absolutely wasn't wrong. And this is why I need to speak even louder about this. So yeah, all the fun stuff. Oh, that's so good. And it, it reminds me of, you know, I think that reflecting back on those things, whether, whether someone is just like filling your cup up or, you know, the negative things that you were just talking Mm -hmm. about, it's this idea of like, you never want to get too high with the highs or too low with Mm -hmm. the lows. Like I have a really good friend that, you know, I'll be like, I had this horrible day, like this happened and this happened. She's like, this too shall pass, sweetie. Or I'll be like, I had the most amazing day. It was awesome. And she's like, this too shall pass. <laughs> it's just like, like it's like it. the same. I know. And it mm-hmm. also reminds me of my really good girlfriend, Susie Moore, who's a great entrepreneur and coach in, in, in our space. Um, when you get the negative feedback, the gossiping, the judgment, the, all of that, she's like, oh, that's interesting. Woman types words on screen. You know, and it's like when you can really break it down, it's like, oh, right. Like this is just, you know, how I take this on. Like if you know yourself, then you know that your side of the street is clean and that, that is that, but it does, it allows you to kind of just see perspectives, even if you don't have to take it personal because it may not really be about you. It's like, oh, this is the perspective of this person. And what energy am I bringing to the table to be met with this kind mm. of energy, even if we can't control it because we can't control other people. It is such a great awareness and reflection with ourselves. So I love that you brought that up and what you just said was so, so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. It was so beautiful. Lori, where can people learn more about you? I know that you have an incredible podcast. I'm sure a lot of my listeners already listen to it, but where can they learn more about your podcast? your website, your work. I know that you're on Instagram. You spend a lot of time on there too, Mm -hmm. but I would love to share that with them now. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I've had so much fun and you guys can go listen to Julie's interview also on my podcast, um, which was so good. Uh, It's called Earn Your Happy. So earnyourhappy.com, you can go to or just find it on um, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. And then also um, I'm just spending a lot of time uh, focusing on Light Pink right now, which is a beverage company that I'm launching. So it's a non-alcoholic rosé spritz and and a boozy rosé spritz as well. So it's both. Um, And that's at lightpink.com, L-I-T-E. 
P-I-N-K.com. And that is launching in the fall. So I'm very excited. <laughs> that is going to be amazing. I was just talking to a friend about that a couple of months ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get on that non-alcoholic. I'll probably try the boozy too, but the non-alcoholic has got my name written all over it. So, Oh my God, I'm all about it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, Lori, thank you so much for coming on and just being who you are and sharing your light and your gift with the world. You are such a powerful, powerful human being. And I just appreciate you reflecting your goodness, your light, your support, your wisdom back to so many of us. Not only are you beyond inspiring, but you are the real freaking deal. You are who you say you are. You walk the walk. You talk the talk. You are a beautiful soul and human, and I just appreciate you so much. So thank you for being here. Oh, my God. I'm going to replay that one. Um, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I so appreciate it, and I'm yeah. just so excited for you and your book and all the things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, as always, if anything was a hit for you on this episode, make sure to screenshot the episode, tag me, tag Lori. We want to see what you're thinking, what you're feeling. We'll repost those and let us know what you think until next time. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all of that good stuff.